Joining us now is Carla Miklos. Uh, she's the executive director of Operation Hope. And Carla has been... You know, on this quest to end chronic homelessness in Connecticut for some time, working to change the way homeless individuals and families are served in Fairfield and across the region. She joined Operation Hope in 2007. That's that's a long time in this in this world. It is. And (laughs) hopefully your board members are not listening. Working for, uh, you know, prior to that, she worked at the Connecticut Housing Finance Authority as the manager of the residential lending division. And so she's this long-term advocate for affordable housing, which we do not have in Connecticut, homeless prevention and economic opportunity. Opportunity. She was instrumental in creating a community development financial institution focused on providing Access to savings, credit, and cap and capital—you know, basically money for underserved populations. So, I'm going to start with the same question. You know, Mark described how he ended up in the lane that he's in. You know, mm-hmm. related to the kind of student he was. Matt described how being around his family—you know—he was not going to go to law school. Watching his dad play guitar like that. Right. <laughs> and so, why, why? How did you become a leader and a homeless advocate? So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting story, but I'll try to boil it down. Um, I my parents were kind of social justice advocates, and they were. Um, uh, fighting for civil rights, and then later they were a little bit part of the anti-war movement, and they were kind of steeped in this um, sort of uh, social justice Catholicism, and then later they moved on from that. So I was always around a lot of people with with um, some really committed thoughts about how to change the world. But myself, I thought that um, I was going to be a fashion designer. So I went to school for fashion design, and then um, I ended up getting a job in a bank, and I worked for many years in the finance industry. The last seven years that I worked in finance, I worked in asset recovery, which was basically purchasing defaulted portfolios and selling them to investment bankers. And a big piece of that was real estate. And I started to learn a lot about eviction and foreclosure and the devastation that happens in communities. And I started thinking, here's my opportunity. I can go and work in my community, and I can help people who are on the wrong side of the economic divide cross over. I can, I can teach. I can create programs. And so I had a great opportunity to do that. I went to work for um, what is now LifeBridge, but back then was Family oh, yeah. Services Woodfield. And they had a fledgling homeless prevention loan program. And they didn't know how to run, run a loan program, but I did. So I went to work for them for probably a third of what I was making in the financial industry. But I just was, I had an idea. And at that time, they were creating these community Mm. development financial institutions. And that was a U.S. Treasury-designated opportunity for people to get financial education and learn a lot about capital and credit and get access to those tools. So I started the first IDA program in Connecticut, which was individual development accounts. They're match savings programs. Mm. And I did one at Bassett High School, and that was for students starting in their sophomore year. They would save $30 a month. They would come to my classes and I would teach them about healthy relationships or um, positive credit use and things like that. Mm. And when they graduated, we matched it three to one so they could go to college. I also ran an IDA program for first-time home buyers to help people start to build wealth. And I ran a really killer um, boot camp for entrepreneurs, for micro-entrepreneurs. So women that were braiding hair in the kitchen, somebody who was cleaning offices, one-person shop, 
helping them with the same kind of program and then using that for seed money for their business. You know, the thing you're, you're hitting a hot button for me, which is this idea that one of the ways to help people is this microfinance idea where don't just give them yeah. a handout, but give them something where if they do their part and they keep their word, then more, more is coming. And there's many nonprofits like Grameen and people that are, you know, on a big scale doing things. But I love that part of your story, how I'm going to teach you these things. If you do them, there's more coming for you. Do you know that I just read there's a report that came out about the well-being in Connecticut. Um, Housing expense is something like 50% of the average person's income. Now, I know the math from having studied economics. It needs to be closer to 25 to 30 in order for people to have money to pay for daycare, groceries, all the other things, 50. So we do have a, a, it is one of the problems we have here in Connecticut that is, needs to be solved, you know, systematically. From all these different directions, what what is the state, uh, Carla, of hunger and homelessness in our community here? Well, let me start with the homelessness issue because there's so many variables that go into it. But you just touched on one, which is the affordability crisis. Bridgeport used to be sort of the community in Fairfield County where people still thought they could afford an apartment. Right now, you would need to earn about thirty dollars an hour. Um, at a 40-hour-a-week job in order to afford a a one-bedroom apartment in Bridgeport. So what's happening is you'd have to work several jobs full-time in order to maybe afford that apartment and probably not in the best place or the safest place to raise your family. So what's happening is uh, landlords, uh, especially during COVID, this happened. A lot of people got out of the rental business. Larger companies started taking over these apartment buildings and buying up property they're out of t- they're out of state. They do not have any personal relationships with any of us, and they're jacking up the rent prices where they're beyond. You would be amazed. Yeah, you'd be lucky to find a one bedroom apartment in Bridgeport for under fourteen fifty a month. That's a lot in Bridgeport, right? So you get into a three bedroom apartment, you're talking twenty six hundred dollars. Are are there programs to provide people with assistance for that? Like where you do your, you know, like we were saying, you put up your part a thousand bucks a month and we have programs that will cover the rest. I don't know. Well, the biggest equalizer is Section 8, right? Section 8, people like to run away from it. But all that Section 8 does is make sure that the landlord gets a fair rent and the person pays 30% of their income for rent. It's fair for both. Okay. And so that's really the way it really works. It and so that's how we really ended chronic homelessness for a time and ended veteran homelessness was by um, repurposing Section 8, making uh, relationships with landlords and then getting people off the street a lot faster than if we tried to build our way out of it. Um, but now times are changing and I think affordable housing is critical component and people have to start looking at it as housing of opportunity and, and being uh, – kind-hearted about it instead of running away from it because Mm. uh, what would our community be like without the people who sustain us you know first responders school bus drivers the person who cuts your hair your starbucks clerk everyone deserves the right to a home a safe place to live maybe not in your neighborhood but somewhere safe somewhere affordable where they can live with dignity we're listening to Carla Miklos from uh, Operation Hope. She's the executive director there, and you're listening to Band Central Radio here on WPKN. Um, so, do you want to? Did you want to continue on and talk about the hunger part of the question, or do you want to maybe even just talk about Operation Hope 
more generally, you know, we have a few minutes here. I'd like people to get a sense for um, what is it that are your priorities now and, and how can people get involved? So we do everything from homeless outreach, going out and looking for people who are homeless, uh, to permanent supportive housing, which is housing that um, is affordable and comes with clinical case management. Hmm. So there's a variety of things that we do. I have a large staff, 35 amazing people that work for us. Uh, Many of them are social workers or have a human services background. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, that's another inspiring thing about my job is to see these people use their talent and their education to help others. You know, so so we do a lot, but it's it's a challenging thing to do because uh, we're state and federal uh, contractors, but those state and federal contracts cost us money. <laughs> to, yeah. So we've got to raise money all the time to keep up and make sure that we can deliver. Um, but we're doing a lot. And um, I think the hunger piece, what's really interesting is during COVID, people really cared about other people eating. And it brought this sort of energy around donating yeah. and, you know, that kind of thing. So now I think we're in kind of a little bit of a lull there. And I just want to remind people that, you know, you see the prices. Nobody has to tell you how expensive food is. So for people on the margin, it's really, really difficult. And, you know, the, that can of beans or that box of cereal that your kids don't eat anymore, you just bought two boxes, drop it off at a food pantry. It makes all the difference in the world. Great, great. So um, we have an event coming up. We sure do. Um, Carla also loves live music. And in addition to doing a wonderful gala that they do every year in the spring, they do, they're do they doing a fall concert with us. You want to talk about that concert, Rock for Hope? Yeah, it's so exciting. And it's coming up on September 7th. So get your tickets. We're going to be at FTC Stage 1. Right. You can go to fairfieldtheater.org and you can get the tickets right online there. Yeah. Very easy. And they're reasonably priced. And uh, it's... It's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. So we've been really fortunate to do a couple of concerts over the years with Rob and his friends. And uh, it's been great. Band Central has been wonderful to us. And this this uh, concert is sort of like a, a retrospective of all different types of rock throughout the ages. And so come out and rock for hope. We're looking forward to seeing you. Exactly. Exactly. So um, 